Hallelujah. We may take our seats. Thank you, Jesus. Allow me, Church of God, to acknowledge the leadership of this house. Um, I'm one person who takes things very serious, and moments like this to me are very important because I will account for whatever I'm doing in front of you this morning. That's the reason why I seize that opportunity when it's being provided to me to come and share the word of God, especially with those that are quite familiar with the scriptures, because you can't be saying something out of line of the scriptures, because I'm well aware that you are such an educated church. When you are home sitting watching TV, you have time to browse scriptures on your phones. So you'll come and say, no, 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 what I'm saying is not biblical. I'll confront you next week Saturday when I meet him in church. Bless the name of the Lord. By so doing, I simply want to say that thank you so much to the leadership of the church for entrusting me with your time this morning to come and share what the Lord has laid in my heart. Those who were on, you know, in our prayer meetings on Wednesday, um, you'll realize as I start sharing that I'll be touching on something that uh, Mr. Matebula, you call him Tatan Matebula, he shared something very profound while we were praying on Wednesday regarding the gift of discernment. Which is simply means, you know, to exercise or to live by the spiritual senses. Bless the name of the Lord. I would like us to take some time this morning. I think according to the program, I've got 35 minutes to be out of your sight. <laughs> and uh, tall as I am, I'm hoping that I'll be able to achieve that. <laughs> Bless the name of the Lord. There are a couple of scriptures that I provided, brother, blessings with. But my anchor scripture will be from the 22nd book, 22nd chapter, that is the book of Genesis. 22nd chapter, that will be my anchor scripture. I'm going to read almost the whole chapter. But I want to take you through this background of this great man called Abraham. There are some things that you learned this morning that Abraham was just a human being, just like you and I. He told lies, <laughs> just, just like you and I does. Bless the name of the Lord. He was also a businessman. In fact, when you check properly, you realize how wealthy, how rich Abraham was. And that took me to the verse that um, uh, Mr. Matewala quoted, in fact, on, on Wednesday while we were praying. And we shared outside the church that, by the way, the blessing of the Lord maketh one rich and has no sorrow. And I indicated to him that as Christians... We are too apologetic sometimes. When God blesses you with finances, all you do best is to apologize for what you have received. And I was indicating to him that we are approaching a time whereby we need to stop to apologize for the blessings that God has given us. Instead, we need to learn to appropriate those blessings accordingly to the house of God. Starting with the house. Bless the name of the Lord. Are we there, all of us? You will see in our... Slides. I entitled this message, Be Still, and there's a verse that I intentionally quoted there. It's in the book of Psalms 46, verse 10. That's not my anchor verse, but I want to say something with it. That's where David wrote, and God inspired him to write and said, Write so that my people of Israel can be reminded that they will need to remain still and know that I am God. 
And the reason that if you read the verses precise in that particular chapter, you realize that there were so many circumstances that were kind of providing limiting, you know, situations in their lives that they started doubting God and they created their own gods. It's human nature. If something, if God takes too long, you know, to come through for you, you will find a way as a human being to do it your own way. And I'll be touching on that even as we read. Bless the name of the Lord. Are we all there? 22nd chapter, the book of Genesis. Now it came to pass, after these things, that God tested Abraham. One version will say, God tempted Abraham. But this one is saying, God tested Abraham. And said to him, Abraham, he said, here I am, my Lord. Then he said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. The other version will say to the mountain of Moriah. This is not the Moriah that you know on your way to Tanim. This is the Moriah. <laughs> Bless the name of the Lord. Go to the mountain of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. If you read further, you'll understand that God disappeared on Abraham. This was the last time that God spoke to Abraham commanding him to leave his own household, to go to a mountain of Moriah where he was to offer his one and only son Isaac as a burnt offering. Bless the name of the Lord. I just want to give you a brief background of who this Abraham is. Who Abraham is. We know him as the greatest you know, man of faith, but I want to tell you this morning that in the... Uh, 12th chapter from the same book of Genesis, we see now God promising Abraham to make his name great. We see God promising Abraham to make his name great, to make him a great nation. And by this time, Abraham was 75 years old. I'll be talking a bit of numbers because I love mathematics. So follow me this morning. You'll be hearing some 100 and some 86. You know, just put those numbers together. Bless the name of the Lord. That will be the age between Sarai and Abraham before their names were changed. When Abraham moved to Egypt due to severe famine where he was, one thing that we're learning this morning, Abraham lied to King Pharaoh that this woman that I'm with, uh, King, she's not necessarily my wife, but she's my sister. And there was a reason why he did exactly that. If you read in the 12th chapter, you realize that Abraham was a rich man, but he was very strategic because he was a businessman. He realized that as a businessman, if he were to be strategic and place his wife to be known as a sister to the king, he knew that God was somehow going to reveal to the king that, in fact, Abraham is lying to you. This is not Abraham's sister, but in fact, it is Abraham's wife. And what the chief would do back in the days, in order for them to reconcile back after having done you wrong, They'll bring you, you know, certain kilograms of silver. They'll bring you livestock. They'll bring you sheep. And they'll bring you all this and that. And that's the strategy that made Abraham to be so rich. Because he was a human being. Bless the name of the Lord. <laughs> but while we're still in that chapter, chapter, what I want you to understand that this was when Abraham was not yet called Abraham. His name was still called Abram. And his wife was not yet Sarah, but Sarai. And when you read further, you realize that 
before God finally yielded him and his wife to the prophecy that he will be a great man and he will be a great man of faith and he will have great descendants. Their names were changed and in the, in the, in the 15th chapter, we see now God visiting Abraham who has run so many years, being, I mean at 75, this man never had a child. And biologically, those who studied biology will tell you that if a woman achieves such a particular age, forget about you know, conce conception or conceiving a daughter or a son. Basically, biologically, they will tell you that your time to conceive as a woman is limited to age. And I want to tell you this morning that God is not limited by age. He's not limited by time or circumstances. Because he is God all by himself. Bless the name of the Lord. On the 15th chapter, God promises Abraham a son. And Abraham now is having a conversation with God. And he's indicating to him that, look, God, I'm this rich man in this area. But I've got no one to inherit my wealth. I've got no one to inherit everything that I've worked so hard. And God indicates to him that do not worry, Abraham. Be still and know that I am God. Because you and Sarah are going to conceive a son. Around about this time next year, you shall have a son. He was 99 years old when God told him this. At 75, still childless. At 99, still childless. You'll understand with me that there was really no hope for this man, really. To look forward to father a son at such an age. Bless the name of the Lord. If I were to bring you to our time, they will even tell you that economically speaking, it wouldn't make sense for a man to be born a son or a daughter on that age. Because by the time we are taken to the grave, the child will remain parentless. In the 17th chapter of the very same book of Genesis, Abraham was 99 years old when God reappeared to him. And now God was about to usher him to the ultimate prophecy. And now we see God deciding to change Abraham's name. To change Abraham's name to Abraham. Because he was Abraham, which means exalted father. Now his name has been changed to Abraham, which means the father of many great nations. Sarai, her name was changed from Sarai to Sarah which means princess, a mother of many nations. Bless the name of the Lord. In the 18th chapter, we see now Abraham receiving an angelic visitation. Three angels coming by, you know, his tent and to have a conversation with him. They were basically on their journey to Sodom and Gomorrah, whereby the sins of that particular city have ascended so high into the heavens that God decided to destroy the city. And if you look closely, you realize that the people of Sodom and Gomorrah were so sinful that they even attempted to lay with the three angels that visited Lord in that particular area. That's when I realized that the concept of homosexuality is not something that is coming up in our age. It has been there back in the days. And it's one of the reasons why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Bless the name of the Lord. In the 20th chapter, we see now Abraham lying again to King Abimelech, who was now the king of the city of Jira, you know, calling his wife again his sister. Like I said initially that every time when Abraham will apply this strategy, certain material, you know, 
blessings will be forwarded to him. Amen. In the 21st chapter, I think I'm getting to my verse. Now we see that God now decides to fulfill the very same promise that he has promised Abraham so many years back. And you realize that when you check accordingly, it took God 25 years to bless Abraham with a son. You know, if you look at the days that we are living in, everything is very instant. You've got instant oats, you've got instant pap, you've got everything is instant. If you were to tell, you know, someone who's living in our times that you will at least need to wait for God's timing to materialize, they will not have such a patience. But Abraham waited 25 years for him and his wife, Sarah, to conceive. And they were blessed with a, with a, a baby boy, and his name was, was called Isaac, which means laughter. Biblically, Abraham was 100 years old by then, and Sarah was 90 years old. And there's something that took my attention while I was preparing this particular message. That how can a woman at such an age be so attractive to the king of the city? How a woman at 99 years old will be so attractive that the chief or the king will see this woman as one of his co-wives in the palace? That will tell you how beautiful this woman is. Maybe no wonder why Abraham used in quotes the woman's beauty to generate wealth. <laughs> Bless the name of the Lord. God, God you know, entered into an agreement with Abraham to say, when I, when I give you this particular son, on the eighth day, you will need to circumcise this particular boy. And each and every member of your household will need to be circumcised. And biblically, you realize that the number eight represents the new beginning. That was part of an agreement that God decided to have with Abraham. Bless the name of the Lord. That was my introduction. Now I'm getting to my message. The Eka verse that you read, Church of God, it's in the book of Genesis 22, or the 22nd chapter from this particular book, the very first book in your Bible. This is where creation is being outlined by God. And we learn here that when God commanded Abraham, there are three things that I would like to look at this morning, three simple things that made Abraham to believe that God is still God. Three simple things that made Abraham to remain still. And number one is obedience. Verse one, it says, God said to Abraham, God commanded him to leave this particular house that he was currently occupying to go to a mountain of Moriah where he was going to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac, that he has been blessed with after 25 years of waiting. No questions asked. There was no board meeting to discuss this particular decision or commandment. The man has just been told and how he obeyed God. The Bible says Abraham woke up in the morning and he prepared himself. He prepared the wood, you know, for the burnt offering. He prepared everything that needed to be taken with so that he can live and look around for this particular mountain. One thing that got my attention here is Abraham had all the reasons to question God because He's one man who will communicate with God in almost daily basis. God will visit him and they will have a discussion. That's the reason why Abraham is one man biblical who's called 
the friend of God. In fact, call him my own friend. And if you got a friend, you realize that a friend is someone that you talk to on a frequent basis. Bless the name of the Lord. Abraham obeyed God. If I were him, I would have told God that God, you are you forgetting that it, it took you at least 25 years to bless me with his son? And now you are now commanding me or requesting me to go and sacrifice this one and only son that you blessed me with. It was a very unfair, you know, decision by God or a very unfair way of God to test Abraham on this particular level. And God knew how much Abraham loved the son. That's the reason why he had to take now his only son to go to a mountain of Moriah. On his way up there, the Bible says on the third day when he lifted up his eyes, he saw the mountain of Moriah. God never spoke to him again. He only issued an instruction or a commandment that go and offer your one and only son on this particular mountain. And God disappeared on Abraham. Because God wanted Abraham to start to exercise Point number two, the gift of discernment. This is what Ntate Matebula was talking about on Wednesday. On his way up to this mountain of Moriah, there were so many mountains. There was, you know, a wide range of mountains that Abraham walked through while he was looking for this particular mountain called the mountain of Moriah. And we don't see God telling him which one is the mountain where the sacrifice was to take place. But Abraham had to look around and he had to find it somehow out of his own. The inner man within Abraham, which we call the spirit of discernment, had to talk to him to identify this particular mountain from other mountains. Bless the name of the Lord. He had to discern and find his own way so that he can be able to sacrifice his one and only son on that particular mountain that God entrusted him or commanded him to do. The more I studied the word, I realized that God is very specific. You remember, when God spoke to Noah about the construction of the ark, there were specific measurements that he had to follow. And he wrote them down to make sure that he follows each and every inch of the specifications. God deals with specifications. Hence, if you are unemployed and you're looking for a job, if you, you are praying to God asking for a job, God will expect you to be specific in the kind of job you're looking for. You can't be praying for God to bless you with a car without a driver's license. Because God is the God of order. So when you need a car, when you're trusting God for a car, you go to God and say, I'm trusting your God for a car, this particular car. This is my driver's license. If you don't have one, you can't be trusting God for a car. You start with a license, then you trust God for a car. That's how God operates. And hence, he blessed Abraham with a son. And now he tested him to check whether he'll give out so much that he loved. Bless the name of the Lord. Point number three is my last point, and then I'll conclude my teaching this morning. The main purpose of this whole exercise, God was trying to prove to Abraham that he is still God, and Abraham needed to remain still and believe that age will not be an issue for God to fulfill whatever he has promised Abraham. Bless the name of the Lord. I'll be looking at sacrifice. That will be my last point. The Bible says when Abraham got into that particular mountain, this is after when Abraham descended 
identified or somehow spiritually, his spiritual senses could tell him which mountain is the right mountain of Moriah, where the sacrifice was to be undertaken. And when he identified the particular mountain, the Bible says, he said to the two servants that you stay here with the donkey, I and the yonder will go yonder, I and the young boy, I and my son will go afar and worship. And Isaac, by this time, he was not even aware that he was the subject of this journey. Hence, as they were ascending the mountain of Moriah, we hear Isaac asking his father a very important question. That, Father, I see that you prepared the wood. I see that you've got the match sticks there with you. But I don't see the lamb for a sacrifice. It was a very tricky question asked to Abraham coming from a son that he waited 25 years to have. And Abraham is a strategic man. He didn't want to tell the boy that, hey, you are the sacrificed. <laughs> he just said to him that, my boy, the Lord will provide for himself a sacrifice. He will provide himself an item to be sacrificed. He will provide himself a lamb to sacrifice. Hence, Abraham called that particular area where he prepared an altar. He called it Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. Up until this day, we name God as God, Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. That's where the name is coming from. The area where God provided a ram that was caught up in the secret, Abraham called that particular area where an altar was prepared, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord has provided himself a lamb for a sacrifice. Bless the name of the Lord. Why am I telling you all of these things this morning? I'm simply here this morning to remind you, church, that your sacrifice will not move God if it doesn't move you. Your sacrifice will not move God if it does not move you. In order for a sacrifice to move God, it must move you first. And that's the reason why God hit Abraham where it hurts the most, demanding him or commanding him to go and sacrifice his one and only son. God was well aware how hateful such a commandment will be, but Abraham decided to obey the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Even as I conclude, I want to indicate to the church this morning that God is not limited by time. After having waited at least 25 years, now he has been blessed with a baby boy. After having been blessed with a baby, he followed each and every segment of the covenant he had with the Lord. And now God demands that the very same son that Abraham has been waiting anxiously for, he had to be sacrificed. God was proving to Abraham that I am God. I am the Lord God Almighty and I'm not limited by time. Bless the name of the Lord. Secondly, God was indicating or somehow proving to Abraham that I am God and I'm not limited by circumstances. In Luke 1, 37, you can read while you're home. Number three, and God was somehow trying to indicate to Abraham that he will fulfill all that concerns Abraham's life. In the book of Psalms 138, verse 8, the Bible says, the Lord will fulfill all that concerns you. It matters not how long it will take God to do that, but the fact of the matter is God will do it. Because if God said it, if he says it, 
he will do it for you. Whatever God commits, he will do it for you. Bless the name of the Lord. Lastly then, God was trying to display to Abraham that whatever God has promised, oh, he who promised is faithful. The book of Hebrews 10, verse 23, the Bible says, Hold you fast, or hold on to the confession of your hope without any wavering. Because he who has promised is faithful. Abraham realized how faithful the Lord has been after 25 years. And obviously because as a human being they tried, you know, we say right, to try and assist God, you know, to achieve this particular target by blessing them with a son. And one, one time the Bible says, when Sarah was sitting with Abraham and Sarah came up with a strategy to say, you see, my husband, we've been waiting for too long for God to bless us with a son. And I'm now advanced in age. I've long passed child, you know, bearing stage or age. I've got an idea that I'm allowing you as the wife of the house, you know, to lay with our Egyptian maid servant. Her name was Hagar. Lay with her. Maybe the Lord will remember you and conceive. And indeed, Abraham gave in. Like I said, Abraham was a human being like you and I. He gave in to the proposal from his wife, which differed from what God promised him. God did not indicate to him that he would conceive a son through his maid servant Hagar. He said, you and Sarah will conceive. Bless the name of the Lord. Abraham was 86 years when Ishmael was born out of wedlock. Wedlock referring to him having got to know intimately his maid, um, the Egyptian maid servant, her name was Hagar. I think you remember the story, you know, the, the born was born and, uh, you know, after realizing that Hagar is now conceived and she started now to play games with the senior or the co-wife in the house. Those who watch Nigerian movies, they talk of co-wives. So she now, you know, started to have some pride to say, you know what, I've conceived and it's taken too long to conceive. And Sarah forget that for God that it was initially a proposal to the husband that you have my permission to be intimate with our maid. And later she comes up and says, Abraham, you went in and she conceived and now she's now looking down upon me. And that's how Hagar now lost the privileges of being the co-wife in the house and she was chased from the house. Bless the name of the Lord. Why am I saying these things to the church this morning? There are situations and circumstances in our lives as daughters and sons of the Most High God that will somehow provide limitations to the level of faith that we have in God. But I want to remind the church this morning that be still and know that He is God. It matters not how long this thing will take, it might take longer, it might take shorter. But I want you to remember this morning that if God can do it 25 years to Abraham, he can do it to you as well. Don't look at the duration of how long it took God to bless Abraham and Sarah with a son. Let us look at the fulfillment of the promise. Because if God promises you something, he will do it. Bless the name of the Lord. I'm concluding by indicating to the church that your situation is not too bad to God that God can't do anything about it. 
Remember the woman who suffered this severe bleeding for 12 years? The Bible says when she heard that Jesus Christ was coming to town, when she heard that Jesus Christ was about to pass through the town, in fact, Jesus Christ, he was not coming to town because with him coming to town, it will imply that he might stay a little longer. The Bible says he was passing through town. And when she heard that, there's a rumor that Jesus Christ will be passing through town. She said to herself that if I may be able to be given a chance or an opportunity to touch the hem of his garment, I believe that I shall be made whole. For 12 years, experiencing severe bleeding. It can be said without any doubt that she suffered economically. Because back in the days, if a woman was seeing her days, you were not even allowed you know, to mingle with the rest of the community. So you can imagine 12 years of endless bleeding. You can safely say that even a husband divorced her because there was no way in which the husband can be intimate with this woman because she was forever seeing her days. She lost her relationships. She lost economically. If she was running a business, I can safely say that she even went you know, bankrupt. Her business was somehow liquidated because she could not even go to the business establishment to try and see how the finances of the establishment are going. Bless the name of the Lord. But when she decided that she will find a way and squeeze herself in so she can touch the hem of the Lord's garment, she shall be made whole. She forgot about the 12 years of severe daily bleeding. And she went in and pushed in and pushed in until she found a moment to touch the hem of the Lord's garment. And what happened is history, the Bible says her bleeding automatically ceased. If it was in our days, after having experienced death, you will think of, let me go to Mark and Pin and celebrate. <laughs> you go and get yourself a nice T-bone steak and celebrate because you have been through so much. I mean, 12 years of suffering. And in a moment, because of her faith in God, her severe bleeding was healed. Bless the name of the Lord. What is, what is disturbing you this morning in your life? What is becoming a hindrance in your life this morning? What is limiting you in your life this morning? It could be unemployment. It could be barrenness. It could be a lack of business opportunity if you are in business. But I want you to remember this morning that if you were to remain still and know that God is God, just surrender whatever it is that you need God to do for you. And stop looking at how much time you've been waiting for the Lord to bless you. Just keep on waiting for him. Let us take courage this morning that if Abraham could wait for 25 years, I can wait for three years. If Abraham can wait for 25 years, I can wait for five years. If he can wait for this long, 10 years can still be a good waiting period for me. If he can wait for this long, six years wouldn't be too bad for me to wait. Bless the name of the Lord. I think the worship team can come forth. Hallelujah. Let us be encouraged this morning. And we know that God is still God. 
irrespective of whatever we may be experiencing, challenges that we may be experiencing in our lives, I would like the church this morning to remain encouraged and you be still. And we learn from what Abraham did, the level of obedience that Abraham exercised, the level of discernment that Abraham exercised, and the ultimate agenda of the journey, which was to sacrifice his one and only son. Bless the name of the Lord. God is on your side. Bless you. Amen.